Hello! Welcome to the Mind Buffs Podcast. We are sport and performance psychology experts, and we're here to share research, tools, strategies, and to share conversations about lived experience in any capacity that involves having to perform at a high level. I am your host for this evening, this morning, this afternoon, this late night, whatever time of day it is. My name is Matt Demoisak, and today my partner... I'm Alex. I am Matt's other half, the co- other co-founder of Mind Buffs. And we're going to be talking about what the hell sports psychology even is. We're going to go into some definitions, some areas in which we tend to focus, the kinds of people that we work with. And we're also going to dive a little bit into our own backgrounds all leading up to the fun part in the second half where we're going to talk about some Ted Lasso. We, when Alex and I are spending time together on the podcast, our episodes will be focused on pop culture and there's no better place to start than talking about Ted Lasso. So to begin though, I'll let Alex kind of describe what people typically think sports psychology is all about. Sports psychology, when we ask anybody what they think that it is. It is uh, more about peak performance, team communication, building resiliency, and I would say increasing some coping strategies, but all related to how to increase performance. But that is only a piece a small piece, I should say, of the puzzle of the work that we actually do. A hundred percent. Some more like specific strategies that people might think of when they think of sports psychology be like positive thinking and routines Visualization. and rituals. Visualization. These really quite old concepts in, in sports psychology. And so what we want to be able to do is like, yes, those pieces, they'll come in, but they're such a small part of what we do. And and that's where we're going to kind of showcase, like this is the actual world of sports psychology. And this is what um, working with or learning from a performance um, psychology expert can can be like what you can learn, what you can grow from. And so there's actually a lot of different things that we do. And again, Alex, just kind of sharing some of those other specific things that we, that we work on quite often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a peak. I would say of the stuff that Matt, Matt had described was like I said, just a small piece of that puzzle. Everything is so much deeper and intertwined in our identities. And as a sports psychologist, it's important to explore all those avenues that are connected instead of just focusing on one particular thing. Yeah. And that's why it's sport psychology. We're combining our personal lived experience as playing athletes at a high level and combining the knowledge of that space, of that environment, of the culture, of what that life looks like, but with our counseling psychology school uh, tools. And so we combine both the performance and the counseling skills to really create an experience where we are looking at every aspect of the person to be able to improve their performance, whatever that performance is. And the reason why that's so critical is we know that things like compartmentalization are bullshit. Like, you can't just separate parts of your brain. It's one brain. There isn't a sport brain and then a school brain and a friend brain and a home brain. It's all the same brain. So rather than just using 
traditional sports psychology tools to mask what distractions might lie underneath, we work with our clients to remove those distractions so that they don't even have to use their strategies frequently throughout their performance. So that's where, you know, sometimes we got to do some trauma work. Sometimes we got to talk about mom and dad. Everything that's connected to the person is connected to their performance. Which leads us, I believe, into our next question. And Matt gets the hot seat first. Is uh, What do we do or what is the purpose? Mm-hmm. So the reason why Mind Buffs formed was that like, we know as athletes that there's a ton of benefit learning about our brains and learning how to master certain parts of it, learning how to uh, practice certain skills to be able to enhance our performance in, in whatever capacity. But what we realize is this isn't just an athlete thing. Like whether you're someone who's athletic or not, the desire to want to do good at what you do, to feel like you're giving your best and to feel like you're getting the best out of yourself and your brain, that's a human experience. That's not an athletic experience. So what we wanted to do as as co-founders was to create a team of like-minded individuals where we could take what we know works in the sporting world. And just to be clear, mostly just Olympians, like even in everyday elite Mm -hmm. athletic world from minor sports to junior to collegiate to even professional, there's like very little sports like influence. And so we're trying to bring these conversations forward in all areas of sport and into these other areas that Alex will also highlight. The typical clients that we would see, um, is for sure athletes and our teams. So this would be individual uh, or teams together. We also like to do our work in esports. Mm-hmm. We're all a little nerdy here oh, yeah. and we love our games. Uh, and then again, that's like a huge industry that seems to be booming right now. Also in the corporate world, we love to do corporate trainings. Again, pulling in our performance uh, backgrounds into the corporate world, we are, we've been finding has been quite effective. And just to um, give some examples, we work with like Volvo, we work with farming industry, we work with um, accountants and lawyers and trade industries. It doesn't matter what it is, any type of kind of business client like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of jobs are performance-based as well. So again, giving the tools that we would use with athletes can also work in the other industries just as effectively. And then the last but not least is our first responders. 100%. So before I became a sports psychologist, and and Alex and I will both kind of share that story of of how we got started, I was actually a correctional officer for eight years. And so having that lived experience, I have a personal like passion for wanting to reach out to people in those um, high stress industries. And so we see a lot of nurses and doctors and and police, um, security, corrections, um, Alex, I know works with a lot of like, um, current or like former military, uh, persons. These environments, they have a lot of pressure and demands on you because if you don't perform, there's often repercussions for not just you, but other people around you. And not to say that you're responsible for, for other people, but your performance has a profound impact on mm-hmm. the performance of others and in that team and in that culture. And so, we know that as former athletes, as former coaches, and the research and the education that we received as sports psychologists, these are things that everyone needs to know, mm-hmm. not just athletes. Yeah. 
100%. And yeah, we really enjoy working in those four categories. I know we're not limited just to those at all, yeah. uh, but they seem to be our big, our big four right now. And we're, yeah, we're really enjoying the work that we do and the feedback that we're getting from everybody. Totally. I mean, even like we get a lot of clients that they don't necessarily work in these industries or have come from that background. But again, it's not a unique trait to want to improve yourself, to want to not just like get better, not just to receive a floaty when you're stranded in the middle of the ocean, but like, how can I actually make a life out here? How can I feel safe and secure and confident, have direction, set goals, these kinds of things. We want to push our clients as far forward as they're capable of being able to reach and not just get them to float above water and then say, okay, bye. Thanks. Like our time together is not terminated. I need to squeeze someone else in. We really want a person to feel like they're optimizing every part of their life. Which leads us beautifully into the next question that I'm going to ask Matt is (laughs) what is mind buffs? Mind buffs is, is something that we're both really excited about. Alex and I met about four years ago. Yeah, four years. And it was really unique because I was a sports psychologist and Alex was a sports psychologist. And we actually were able and fortunate enough to work in the same um, private practice setting. That doesn't happen. Most people don't know this, but sports psychologists don't really work with each other. (laughs) In fact, a lot of them don't play nice with each other. We're very competitive humans, most (laughs) of us. So we like to compete for things. So I would describe it as we are all on our own little islands trying to like defend it, but also like (laughs) go after other people. Totally. Uh, But yeah, it can be quite a lonely, a lonely world to be in. Totally. And so we just thought that logically, let's create a team. We came from team sports. Like, Let's utilize these schools and the benefits that we know in having a culture where we can lean on each other and try to find as many other like-minded individuals to take the work that we're passionate about and the impact we know that we can have and to be able to amplify that impact as quickly and as far as we can. And so uh, MindBuff started two and a half years ago. And we now have a team of 10 people. And so in a short amount of time, we've been able to have an impact on on our local community here in Edmonton and across Alberta. And it's definitely something that we're hoping to um, see how far we can um, continue to make that impact in the the coming years. Mm -hmm. So spiraling off of what Matt had said, I I guess my background, I came from a figure skating background. Mm -hmm. I was a competitive figure skater at the Royal Glenora for for a number of years. And I know for me, being in an individual sport, especially in figure skating, it was really difficult because our competitions were few and far between. So we practiced a lot. I basically lived at the rink. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did not have that much of a social life. And the performance anxiety, which I see now, but I think, you know, eight-year-old me didn't know what I was internally feeling on the inside at that time. Competitions were a lot for us. We had to perform. We had to get our points. If we didn't get our points, we didn't get to go to the bigger competition. So there was a lot of stress on us for a two-minute program or three-minute program. And so that experience, I think, is one of my, my I'll call it my one of my core memories as to like when I figured out what sports psychology was in my high school years. I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. This is why I need to be here, uh, not just to help figure skaters, but anybody else who's going through those types of things. When I left skating, I became multi-sport athlete. So I got to see the team side of things. 
And again, looking back and knowing that this is the path I wanted to go back when I was in high school, again, team sessions have different stressors, different things that happen. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I could have used a sports psychologist back then so much. It would have helped a ton. And so that was definitely the trajectory that that I hit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's interesting. Alex and I have a lot of similarities in terms of like both of our um, fathers playing um, professional sports. Uh, they also own their own like businesses. And so we, we bring in a lot of those um, family dynamics and, and traditions into the, the work that we do. And so for me, my dad played uh, professional hockey. So naturally I was going to play hockey as well. I was definitely a multi-sport athlete, but just spent a little bit more time playing hockey. Um, like a lot of athletes, regardless of what your sport is, my career ended like many others, which was due to injury. And so just the, the identity, um, crisis that I had, the struggle of trying to find out like who I was outside of hockey and even just outside of sport in my early twenties was something that was really stressful and difficult for me, which is where I had my first experience working with a therapist. Um, and that experience was kind of the light bulb moment for me where I was like, Oh, like, I wonder if I could do something like this. Like I didn't really have specifically sports psych in my mind at that point, but, um, I think psychology in general was really interesting to me. And so I, I had applied to, um, get my undergrad in psychology and sociology at the U of A. And during that process started to really realize that, Oh no, no, this is, this is something I'm definitely definitely going to do. And after my undergrad, I began working as a correctional officer. You will hear many stories from that career um, with with each episode, Uh, but it's also where I started to coach because my plan A after undergrad was actually becoming a professional coach. And after only two years of coaching and having won the provincial championship um, with the the U15 AAA uh, team I was um, a part of the coaching staff on, Rather than that being a life-affirming, career-defining moment of like, this is my destiny. Of course, I'm meant to be a coach. I just had this feeling that if this was the impact that I could have with a single team, what more could I do if I was able to cast a wider net? And a week after we won provincials, I applied to go to grad school to become a sports psychologist. And here we are. Yes. I think the biggest thing from our stories both Matt and I, is we wanted to create an impact. And as much as I'm using Matt as an example, as much as he loved coaching, the net could only go so wide. So that's another thing that Mind Buffs, we really want to advocate for our clients. We want to create an impact in our communities and help facilitate like change. And that brings us to why we decided that starting a podcast was not only important for us, but why we thought this would be the best way that we could connect with people outside of our offices. And so the purpose of this podcast is to have conversation, conversation about real life, everyday experiences that we all have, not just bringing in a person that climbed Mount Everest or that won a Stanley Cup or that is a CEO. There's a lot to learn from these people. And, and we're going to have, you know, guests who have really unique outlier lived experiences, but we want to be able to share research and tools and strategies and tips about just being human 
but wanting to be the best human version of us that we can. And so this podcast is going to start off with looking at um, a few different series. And within each series, I will have a different co-host helping me explore some of this content. So when Alex and I are together, we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to be focusing uh, only on pop culture and psychology. We are both super nerds. We love movies and video games and comic books. And we know that a lot of people are learning off of Instagram and TikTok. They're pulling these mental health pieces from TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're very excited to, uh, yeah, to nerd out as we like to say it together Yeah, <laughs> and bring a lot of, yeah, what people are talking about, uh, here into the podcast. Uh, but Matt and I both want to be specific that this is not pop psychology. No, not pop psychology. We're talking about pop culture and the influence of psychology and mental health in the scene, in the content, in the show, in the yes. music, whatever it is yeah. that we're going to be breaking down. But this is going to be based on research, based on real things yeah. um, that have measurable um, results. And so that, that'll be Alex and I. And then you're also going to hear from our colleague, Kayla. Uh, Kayla and I will be looking at language and the subtlety of saying the right thing, of interpreting an experience slightly differently and how that completely changes our experience. For example, our episode one is going to look at the difference between discomfort and insecurity. Simply by how you define an experience based on either I am uncomfortable or I'm feeling insecure completely changes the trajectory. And so we're going to look at the common things that most people do that we learn from society, that we learn from TV, from pop culture, but looking at how we can become aware of making those those subtle shifts that can create such immense differences in in terms of how we experience life. And then next, we're going to have Lindsay co-hosting with myself, looking at a concept called power differentials. So power differentials is a term that we use to describe any relationship where one person has slightly more power than the other. Psychologists, for example, we are aware that we are in a power differential. People are coming to us with their vulnerabilities, with their stories. They're expecting us to be able to help them because of our education, our experience. And so there is a power shift there that we have to be really responsible for to create a safe space rather than abusing that power. Like, unfortunately, many coaches, many bosses, many family members, parents, (laughs) parents, I see you call right home. You should know what I mean when you hear that car ride home from a game. So we're going to be looking at the specific examples that athletes experience, that employers experience, and then even within the family system of how we can use power differentials to help the people around us become better versions of themselves rather than use it as a source of acquiring power and control. And then we are also going to have um, a co-host, Nick. He is a former NHL hockey player and joined our team at MyBuffs here a year ago. And we're going to be looking at concepts like identity and values. Again, not just within sport, but he'll be sharing his stories, but also your identity as a parent, as an academic, as an owner, as an employee, and just breaking down those elements so that we can look at who we are in a greater context because we are more than just one single part. And then lastly, 
or um, the penultimate, I guess, is Shauna and I are going to be looking at something called industrial organizational psychology. So for those of you that are not familiar with what that field is, it's essentially psychology in the workplace. And it has a ton of crossover with sports. And so that's why one of the big four areas that we work in is in corporate, is in business, because a lot of the same strategies that lead to success in teams in sport, on the field, on the court, on the ice, are the exact same strategies that we need to use in the workplace. And then lastly, we're going to have random episodes that will drop throughout the year that are um, time-specific, event-specific, that will be a lot smaller in size, but we'll drop that in between the, the series that we'll be going through. So jumping into our first conversation that we're going to have um, regarding pop culture, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Ted Lasso. We are both incredibly obsessed with this show for good reason. It completely crosses over with pretty much everything that we just talked about um, in the first 20 minutes here. And so the first thing I wanted to know from Alex is what's your opinion about the sports psychologist that they have in that, in that show? For me, one of the biggest things that stood out was how resistant the team was at the beginning to having somebody come in and potentially infiltrate their team culture and that they eventually came around to trusting her and then bought into what she was offering and bringing to the team. And throughout that little, I'll call it like character arc or story arc, we notice like a lot of changes in the team once they all realized that they had somebody who could they could go talk to that wasn't going to tell everybody on the team and that could help create like a healthier team culture mm-hmm. um, around it. So I thought that that was really, really good to see um, and just the power once a team has bought into an idea. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like even though Ted does an amazing job of creating vulnerability um, within that culture, within that team, the one thing that you notice in, in Ted's character that he has to learn to uh, to grow in is like working with discomfort, working with negativity, working with, with stress. He's Mr. Positivity. In fact, toxic positivity. Yes, very much so. And so that'll be a concept that that we'll definitely explore um, in the coming episodes. But what her role was, was able to facilitate creating a space where athletes could share the things that they were uncertain about or embarrassed about or felt weak about. And so that's where like those one-on-one sessions with the sports psychologist is so critical because there are just things that we can't do in a team setting. We can't ask people to bear their souls and be completely open and honest with people they may not trust or feel comfortable with. And so that's where the one-on work that, um, that she does in the show really highlights that that's where you get the most impact Yeah, when you can really give yourself in a relationship like that to be totally open and honest and explore one's deepest fears and things like that. And I think, too, with the work that she does, a lot of the characters, especially when I think of like Jamie Tart, he I don't know if he would have been able to get to the depths that he did in terms of like how he got to where he is at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. And I think it just shows that if you put the work in, 
you get a lot out of it. Totally. Um, just because you go to therapy doesn't mean that changes are automatically going to happen. You actually have to practice the shit that you're learning in those mm-hmm. sessions. And that's why we love the story arc of Jamie, because you can literally see him. I think it's, Al- it's like that's Alex's my favorite scene. <laughs> I, I, my favorite scene in the show. Well, I have a couple, but this yeah. one stands out to me is when Jamie decides he's going to practice empathy and he goes to hug Roy Kent <laughs> in the dressing room. And he's like, what? I'm practicing empathy. <laughs> this scene is really funny yeah. because uh, like Roy, the the coach, who was a former teammate, is just rough and gruff. Like coach, he, he says the F-bomb in every single sentence and he doesn't ever talk about feelings. In fact, he highlights that he has a single feeling in one of the episodes as well. And But he was uh, having a really shitty day. And so Jamie saw this <laughs> and he went in to try and hug Roy and Roy almost punched Jamie in the face because... <laughs> yeah. He thought he was headbutting him or something. He's just so not used to having that, that kind of like physical affection Mm -hmm. as a form of vulnerability. But yeah, Jamie's attempt. Yeah. And (laughs) for me, what oftentimes like I'll get asked what like my favorite parts of the show are and like what we, you know, as sports psychologists see in a show like that. And for me, and I've said this to our team before is like, Jamie's character arc throughout from season one to the end, I think is massive. And you can see like when he goes and sees a sports psychologist, then what he practices and what he's trying to change. And you can see him really bought into his own process and his own self-awareness. And then he's able at the end to be like a best version of himself mm-hmm. on and off the field, which I thought was really awesome to see because I did not see that coming after season one. Totally. <laughs> Totally. So especially some of those key characters like like Jamie, like we'll definitely um, spend like an episode going in and deep diving into some of the specific things that he was doing before kind of and after transformation and kind of speaking to different like theories that really speak to his behaviors, communication, the defensiveness that he showed and, and how that came across his arrogance. Um, all those little things uh, will be fun for us to dissect uh, in the coming, the coming episodes. Um, I think what is really important is between coach Ted Lasso and the sports psychologist and how there wasn't trust there. I know that there's a scene where Ted Lasso kind of references that. I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's, you know, just mistrust because of a a previous experience with a therapist. But one of the biggest hurdles that we face as sports psychologists is just because an organization partners with us and we're able to work with all of the teams. In fact, mandated to work with all of the teams sometimes. If the coach isn't bought in, if they don't feel comfortable with us, if they don't trust us, there's not a whole lot we can do for the team, even if we are facilitating sessions throughout the year. And so a lot of coaches will feel quite threatened by having us become a part of the team and it's not really their fault. It's because sport has really created this image that as a coach, you're supposed to know everything and do everything and be perfect and basically wear six hats simultaneously. And most of these people aren't getting paid to do that. Unless you're doing it professionally, you're volunteering your time. And so oftentimes when we step into those spaces, it's kind of this feeling of like, oh man, like, 
That's what are my, they going to say? Yeah. What are they going to do? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah. Now I don't have control. Totally. And the last thing we want to do is to try and make the team feel like they have a coach who is incompetent or to make the coach feel like they're inferior or that they've been failing as a coach. What we're trying to do is to give them the tools that there was no way in hell they would have been able to learn anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And we know things about this brain. This noodle is what we're experts about. And we just want to be able to, to give coaches the tools to bring out the best of their players so that they can build genuine relationships with them. Mm -hmm. And I think... Yeah, it was very evident that that was happening in mm -hmm. Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And like I said, for us as sports psychologists, it's neat to see those um, experiences be authentic and genuine, especially in TV and movie. TSN actually posted a video. Um, it was either called The Lasso Way or The Lasso Effect. And uh, the creator of the video on, on TSN was looking at the evolution of coaching in the NFL. And showing older videos of, you know, your, your John Madden's and, and these really big famous coaches from the sixties and seventies and eighties and looking at how they coached the tools and strategies that they use to get the most out of their players. And then cutting into the modern coach. Like I really think of, um, like Miami, uh, dolphins and like the Detroit lions, their coaches are so vulnerable, like mm -hmm. so emotionally vulnerable, crying with their players and telling them that they love them and just showing that that that's the evolution. We're getting to a place where, yes, you're an expert of the game and, and of the strategy of the sport, but nothing is more important than building a relationship, personal relationship with, with that mm -hmm. athlete. Oh, for sure. So in terms of a takeaway for today, what we're hoping um, that you listeners are taking away from this is just perhaps a greater understanding of what sport and performance psychology is, learning about how perhaps some of the research and the conversations that we are wanting to share with you guys um, over the coming episodes um, maybe impact you, can influence you for you to be able to use practically. And that's something that we stress all the time. Um, we want you to feel like we have practical steps, practical advice that you can take to the bank immediately, put to use right away. And we hope that you will be able to find ways to incorporate these conversations and the tools that we have so that you feel like you're performing better as an athlete, at work, as a parent, as a partner, whatever it is that you do, because it's not fun just coasting. It's not fun being complacent. It's not fun avoiding things that are difficult or that we don't know. And so we want to be able to encourage you that through these conversations and hopefully with the friendships and the, the people that you have around you, that you can implement some of these tools to experience more of the life that perhaps you're looking for. So we hope that this sounds interesting to you. We think that we're going to cover a lot of different areas that might uh, tickle your fancy, depending on what it is that you're most interested in. And we're really looking forward to having some fun, especially Alex and I, diving into a lot of these pop culture uh, references. Yes, we're excited and we're glad you joined us today. And we look forward to having you learn throughout our podcast and uh, being a part of this community with us. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next episode.